Good evening, everybody. Tonight is March 16th, 2019. This is Sanfield Speak Sports. I am broadcasting from Connecticut, and for once, it's pride out during the show. And daylight savings, honestly, is such a great thing, I can't get over it. But that's not why you're here today. That's not why I'm here today. We're here to talk sports. We are going to be going over NFL free, agently, NFL free agency exclusively today. So, I hope you're ready for some drama. A butthurt Steelers fan. It should be interesting. If you want to find any of the past episodes, you can find us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneInRadio.com, or for the raw, uncut versions, you can find it on BlogTalkRadio.com. If you have any ideas for future topics, please email me at sports at gmail.com. Sciencio is spelled C-I-A-N-C-I-O, and that would all be in one word. Or you can direct message me on Instagram at Sciencio underscore speaks underscore sports. We recently changed the handle due to an issue, but it's back to normal. Also, next week, we will have one of my favorite YouTubers, Urinating Tree, coming on the show. He is a man who makes a lot of good satire for sports. I hope you tune in to hear what he has to say. We're going to be drafting the ultimate tank bowl team for that show. I'll get into that later. But right now, I believe Big Steve is calling in. Hello. Hey, how you doing, RJ? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing good. All right. It's NFL free agency, so we got a lot to talk about. Yes. Yes, we do. All right. So let's start off with the um, Tyree Kill situation. So um, Tyree Kill is currently under investigation for alleged battery. I want to make that perfectly clear. I don't know what Tyree Hill did or did not do, but that's the um, charge he's facing right now, and Kansas City's already been through enough of this recently. I mean, and he had an amazing year last year. He had um, 87 receptions for 1,479 yards and 17, uh, no, pardon me, and 12 touchdowns. Averaging 17 yards a catch, he ran for a touchdown and 151 yards on 22 a punt return touchdown. The only place where he didn't get a return touchdown was in the kicking game. I mean, do you, I don't know much about the Tyree Kill situation, but what would it mean if he gets suspended? Well, he's going to get suspended. Because his 25-year-old girlfriend, he beat her so bad that when she went to the hospital, she had a bunch of bruises and stuff, a black eye. And like I said, she tried to say, well, somebody else hurt her and stuff, but it was allegedly her boyfriend who did it, you know. And... um. You know, I, I, I can say this uh, because I had female friends and stuff, and 
you know what, um, you know, boyfriends beat and, and husbands and stuff beat up women and stuff, and then they have the kind of remorse that, oh, baby, I didn't meant to do it and stuff like that. Abuse, physically and emotional abuse is abuse. I don't care what it is. You should not lay your hands on a woman. You should not abuse you. You know, even emotional abuse, holding your woman hostage in a house, um, yelling and screaming at them is wrong, too. So abuse is abuse. You should not do it. You know, if you if you upset with somebody, go walk outside, go take a drive, do something. But abuse is abuse, RJ, and it it, it should not be called for. I mean, on both sides, because women can do it too. Now, I mean, I've been a, a man. You know, I'm a big man. I had a woman who actually caused me to have my leg amputated. So, it, it abuse is abuse. You know, on both sides. But yeah. he. He allegedly, we we gonna say that allegedly done it to this young woman, and he should pay yes. the price. You know. And then this it, now, unfortunately, this is not a new issue from an issue for Mr. Tyreek Hill. He actually got dismissed from the Oklahoma State football team after he was charged with um, domestic assault. He eventually pleaded guilty. Um, it was sentenced to three years of probation and an anger management course, uh, as yeah. well as a year-long batterers program. It was, was required to go a domestic abuse out evaluation. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he, uh, just makes me really frustrated you know, because, like, listen, if you you people deserve to be with good people. If you're not with a good person, you have the right to cut them out of your life. Yeah, but but you know what? Sometimes it's the money to some of these young women. It's the money. It's the money, money, money. You know, they see this an athlete that he knows he's making all this money. They're going to take the abuse. They're going to say, okay, he's maybe upset. Maybe I can calm him down, but you know what? You, 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 it can cost you your life. I mean, um, you know, it's just like, uh, let's look at Aaron Hernandez, all pro tight end for in the Enid Patriots, signed this $40 million contract, killed this man, you know, shot him dead. Then he shot another man, you know, wind up killing him. What did his, what his girlfriend do, Piancé did? Take the stuff, took the guns and stuff, had on on camera, take the stuff, bury it. He wound up getting charged too. So you're going to try to cover up for this alleged homicide guy and then what he do? Killed, you know, killed himself. So, they, you know, after some athletes had bad personal demons with them. They had, um, you know, psychological problems and stuff that, you know, um, that's why the NFL and, and, and all these other sports agencies should have someone to sit down with these young men and tell them, you know, you don't do this. and You know, you got to talk to them as men. Don't do this and don't do that. You can live a good life. That's what they need to stop doing. Have, counts, have, have psychologists talk to them. This is not the way to do it, you know. You're, you're, yeah, and you're absolutely right. 
I, I, um, you know, I mean, this is a hot take, but I think Hernandez was on the track to becoming a top ten tight end in NFL history had he got had he shaken his demons. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, you go to his background, how he was abused as a child, you know. He was sexually abused as a child, but he never got the help, mm-hmm. you know, the personal help that he he, he needed, and um, it was bad for him. It turned out real bad for him, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah and one of the men he know. killed, um, yeah, one of the men he killed, Odin Lloyd, played minor league football for the Hart, was it the, I think it was the Hartford Colts. Um, yes, of the New England Football League. Yeah, every year now they correct. have a memorial game for him, um, which I just thought I wanted to share because, you know, that this league didn't take it lightly. Obviously, they were mad and whatnot, but, like, they have a they have a memorial game for him. So I just thought, like, let's try to put something nice before we talk about another Kansas City Chief who got in trouble with the law recently and got an aching suspension. Kareem Hunt. Oh, boy. All right, well, actually, no, what? Oh, my gosh, I'm sorry. He's no longer a chief. That's right. He's in Cleveland. I always forget that because, I mean, I remember him in the red. So, Kareem Hunt is interesting because he went to college in Toledo. He's back in Ohio. If you look at his numbers so far, he's all 27 games he's been in. He's rushed for over 2,000 yards. Averages 4.7 yards a carry. Um, has 15 touchdowns. I mean, and he's only lost one fumble his entire career. Now, granted, that's only two years, but that's still pretty good. The question is, what will it be like after the eight-game suspension, and was eight games enough? You know what? I think he he was right on the money. I mean, I agree with him. One eight games is 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 great for him. I mean, that would show him, and it's it's like a mark for him and any NFL player to do something like that. That's the, that is deserving of what he that he deserved. I mean, that would tell every other NFL player if you did that to a person, you de- you gonna get it. And not only are you going to get it, the next time you do something like that, you can be suspended for a year, you know. Um, it's just like Irvin, when he came up with that lie, at that the coach Garrett told him to quit the NFL because of marijuana uh, um, use. That's a lie. You know, ain't no way a coach going to say, hey, if you do marijuana, go ahead and quit the NFL. That's the biggest lie around he told. The, the today, stupid. Yeah, and then I mean, you gotta realize that um, you know, this is a step in the right direction for the NFL because I mean, domestic assault and domestic violence is not new in the NFL. I referenced the Ray Rice incident, and Ray Rice only got a two-game suspension before like, everything in, in the court of law was settled, and, you know, then he spent it indefinitely by the Ravens, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so eight games, I think, I don't know if that's fair, but it's a step in the right direction. I'll say that much. And usually I do not give the NFL 
any ground on topics like this because generally they are not saints. Um, but I gotta say the NFL is moving in the right direction. So, uh, but like, I truly feel like that if you do this, think that you should automatically lose. I mean, this no matter if it's your first time. If it's your first time, I think a eight games suspension should be the base because four games is for a PED violation. This is definitely worse than a PED violation. The second time okay. you're out for a season. And the third time you're gone. Yeah, but you you have to look at what what um, my man from Cleveland did, and what Ray Rice did. Ray Rice knock his wife out, knock her out. Okay, he could have killed her when she hit the ground. She could have you know set a blood clot, um, anything with. What my man did is, you know, he hit her, pushed her, then kicked her, but he kicked her on the hand. That's something different. But it shows a precedent that what the, you know, and what Tyreek Hill did is that woman in the jaw, you know, punched her in the eye. You know, allegedly, let me say allegedly, I don't want to get in trouble. You know, you know, I don't want my boss come down on me and say, Steve, what you say then? I say, no, I'm going to say allegedly, okay, to the true Well, also, okay. I mean, yeah, also, and this is just allegedly, again, allegedly, um, the female that um, was attacked by Kareem Hunt was um, y- using the N-word towards him. Um, and let it be clear that um, in no way do I tolerate racial slurs, you know, being thrown at people like that. That really, in general, you just can't throw racial slurs. They're called slurs for a reason. They shouldn't be said. Uh, and listen, I'm, you know, now does that make up for what, I'm sorry, I meant Kareem Hunt earlier. Um, got him and Tyreek. Am I talking about Tyreek or Kareem right now? I'm sorry, both chased us. We'd be talking about Tyreek, right? No, no, Tyreek, she, she uh, didn't oh, no, say we're talking, no. we're talking Kareem. We're talking okay, Kareem, no, t- okay. Yeah, Kareem Hunt. Yeah, okay, yeah, you okay. you right on Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt, the the woman allegedly said said that word, which is true. You did say that that's tr- that's allegedly tr- true. That's true, okay, because there was witnesses and and she said that, okay, so that was true, okay, yeah. no doubt, da- no right. doubt, that right. was true. All right, I mean, but listen, I don't care who you are. I mean. You know, first of all, ladies, it was stupid to say that, especially to an NFL player, and it's offensive. But Kareem Hunt is in no way justified in his actions. I cannot justify that in any way, shape, or form. I will not. Uh, I, if you say that on show, you'll be cut all that and edited out because I'm just not going to take that. So. Yeah, but you, but you know what? I'm like, I'm gonna say this something real quick. I had people call me that word, and believe me, guess what? I'm not going to punch your lights out. I'm not going to um, double. I, I I know my judicial skills and everything. Now I can hurt. I can hurt somebody. Okay. If you put your hands on me, then then you will. I will. I will send you in the hospital. I sent many people in the hospital for other things. But if you call me that word, guess what? 
I'm going to walk away. I'm going to take off because that word don't bother me. It don't. You can say what you want to me, but don't put your hands on me. See, young guys yeah. got to realize, when somebody call you that name, guess what? Walk away. Walk away. You should not put your hands on anybody if somebody call you that name. You know, it may be offensive, derogatory, whatever, but walk away. Be man enough to walk away. And I'm saying this from an older black man. Walk away. That's all. Yep. I think that's important. Like, uh, it doesn't just apply to the N-word. It applies to any racial slur that is being thrown at you. Don't respond. Don't make things worse. You know, that person can get called out for uh, the right way when the time comes. But we, some people have these knee-jerk reactions and look at the trouble it gets them in. So, you know, think before you do something. I know it's hard, but just try to. Okay. Let's talk about free agency right now. (laughs) All right. All right. Don't worry. We got more of that. Now we're going to talk about one of the, okay, we're going to talk about Odell Beckham Jr., one of the biggest divas in the NFL. We got two bigger ones coming up later. Don't worry. Um, but OBJ going to the Cleveland Browns to go see his former teammate Jarvis Landry and Baker Mayfield at quarterback. You'll have Nick Chubb in the backfield, and then partway through the season, you're getting Kareem Hunt back. I'm scared, and I'm a Steelers fan. Mm. The Browns have a shot. The Browns have a shot at the playoffs just by taking the AFC North. I mean. I'm looking at the Browns, and I am scared. And, I mean, this is the first time in my life I I say with legitimate fear of the Cleveland Browns. Like, this is a new feeling for me. Because I've been watching the game since 05. So, I mean, Cleveland hadn't had a good team, really, since the original Browns packed up and went to Baltimore. So, like, for me, this is a new experience, you know. Just a couple of years ago, we were making 0-16 jokes. And now here we are, and I'm fearing for my life because the Browns are looking good. However, the Giants did get a little bit from that trade that I don't think enough people are talking about. They got the Browns' first-round pick, which is at the 17th spot, their third-round pick, which is at the 95th pick, and Jabril Peppers, who was a first-round pick himself, who I also wanted the Steelers to pick, but we didn't do that, now did we? It's just a little salty, is all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what do you think this OBJ trade means for the Cleveland Browns? Oh, it means everything. It was like the missing piece, you know. And people forgot Cleveland got that defense, and they just signed uh, Richardson, the defensive tackle, Oh, my God. And we're already with them defensive ends. They got the linebackers. They got the safeties. The real preppers was a good player. But look, when you got you build your offense around Baker Mayfield, which is a good quarterback, and then you got Chubb, and they, oh, my God, you got two wide receivers. You, got, oh, you know what? They became, to me, with their general manager, Dorsey, what he did, Dorsey, I mean, it, yeah, I ain't never heard of a general manager since Harvey Bethard of the Redskins said 
who the players that he came up with and what he can do with them players with the Redskins that Dorsey had that self confidence. He said that the Cleveland Browns gonna be good. They will win the NFC North Division. That's saying something. Okay. You guys still got Baltimore, Pittsburgh and uh the other team. Cincinnati, yeah. The Bungles. <laughs> yeah, the Bungles, yeah, correct. That they're gonna win the NFC North. So that's a you know, that's saying something. You know. Remember, they were just they were just one game from making the playoffs. So just think. And, and, just and they should have won that game. They should have won that yeah. game. Week one versus Pittsburgh. Both Pittsburgh and Cleveland should have won that game, but no teams can kick a darn field goal apparently in the NFL. So that's the yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, but you're uh, Pittsburgh. In all seriousness, yep. in all seriousness, you know, I think this is turning the Browns into one of the best-looking teams I have seen in a long time. Because mm-hmm. every time we talk about a number one receiver like Antonio Brown making a catch, you know, there's Juju on the other side drawing cover. You know, there there's always has there has to be a number two guy for the number one guy to be as dominant as he is. So. And I think Jarvis Landry is finally getting some recognition. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, those two are college teammates, uh, OBJ and Jarvis. Uh, you know, they're going to decimate secondaries, especially ones who run zone defenses, not necessarily because they specialize in that, but just because you cannot run the zone defense at the NFL level. Can, um, defensive coordinators, please take note of that. Specifically, Steelers defensive coordinators. Yeah. Also, if Cleveland does well in the draft, if Cleveland can draft a stud on defense to take the spot of Jabril Peppers, I mean, I mean, I am scared. I can't state this enough. I mean, they're going to get a cornerback. Yeah, this is the toughest uh, a Cleveland team has looked since Derek Anderson was the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, but remember the remember the safety remember the safeties that and the cornerbacks that they had in nineteen ninety five when Bill Belichick was the coach. Remember them, right? That that was the last great team when Belichick was the coach of the Cleveland Browns. People forgot. He took that ninety five team was a bad team. It was a great team. You know they and they you can look at their whole uh uh you know coaches just the co- the the coaches they had you know they had seven coaches on the Cleveland Browns in 1995 and Bill Belichick was the coach they had a couple of um um general managers you know Kansas City Detroit. Um, couple of them. Remember, they did a, a NFL uh, thing on the 1995 Cleveland Browns. They would like that, you know. And then what what the man man did moved them, and uh, <laughs> and the you know said he was moving. I mean, he moved them. I never forget that, you know. The other one was Baltimore in the middle of the night. I never forget that. I mean, you know, I'm a I'm a Washingtonian, you know. The Mayflower yeah. trucks. 
Yeah. But the other Yeah, the I imagine thing, I meant I was there. Yeah, I was I was still I was in my t- teenage years when they moved that. But the other one was it's the New York Jets with the money they had and the players they got. Oh my God. I mean, dude, they gonna do some damage uh, uh New England better watch out too. Well, we'll get to the Jets in a second. Don't worry. But first, I want to talk about another player who used to be in green, a former Odell Beckham division rival. We're talking about journeyman quarterback Nick Foles. He is now a Jacksonville Jaguar since the Jags finally ended the Blake Bortles experiment. And no respect to Blake Bortles whatsoever. I like his playing style. I just don't think he's a starting quarterback at the NFL level. I, I think he's a, he's like your perfect backup quarterback. That's what I think he is. But we're not going to talk about Bortles. Ain't, ain't nobody signed him yet. <laughs> it's only a couple of days. Give him time. But I got to say, is going after Nick Foles really the smartest thing for the Jaguars to do? I, I mean, think it is. I think it is. That's a – look. Anybody better than Blake Borders? I don't care who it is. All right, all right, that's fair. But why not maybe try to trade up for the draft? I'm just going to play Bell's advocate here because, listen, Nick Foles has played for five different teams already, and he was only drafted in 2012. I mean, not going to lie, I kind of had a fanboy day when I'm like, oh, my God, he threw for, like, you know, six touchdowns. He's going to be a GOAT, you know. 12-year-old me making 12-year-old claims. Uh, but in all seriousness, Nick Foles has bounced around more than people like to admit. And I'm not taking that Super Bowl run away from him at all. But last year, again, he has the common to relief role, didn't do as well. I think it will take him a while to start to jive with the Jacksonville Jaguars team. I don't know what the Jaguars have at the receiver position. Nothing notable. And that's what a quarterback needs, a receiver. Um, um, I think Jack, did they pick a Cooley? I think they picked a Cooley the other day. I don't yeah, know. Jackson, yeah, Jacksonville picked a Cooley the other day. Yeah, they did pick up a wide receiver the other day. All right, so, I mean, they're making some moves. I just, I'm sorry, like, Jacksonville is one of these teams historically bad at quarterback. Their best quarterback was their first quarterback, Mark Brunell. And then you downgrade yeah. like Brian Leftwich, David Garrard, and then Lane Dabbert and Blake Bortles. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, a, yeah. it's an upgrade for sure. Foles is an upgrade, but... Falls is also 30 years old now. So you got maybe a five-year window to develop talent and get them back to the Super Bowl because the Jaguars are not making the playoffs this year unless they have a phenomenal draft, which is not impossible, but the thing that made uh, Falls really amazing and people don't give enough credit is the tight end play of Zach Ertz in Philadelphia. you got to get this man a tight end. The post out is mm-hmm. perfect. That is the best pass Nick Foles throws, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah he's good with yeah he's good with uh, 
uh, Zach Hurst. So, yeah, he was always great with Zach Hurst. But like I said, the the offensive line is 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 not going to help Nick. Well, that's an issue. I mean, there have been so many quarterbacks that had, just needed an offensive line. I mean, picture Dan Marino without a line. The guy couldn't run. So, I mean, yeah. He'd just be on the ground the entire time. You need yeah. an offensive line. The Colts learned this the hard way. They almost turned Andrew Luck into glue. Yeah. I mean. If you're Jacksonville, you gotta look at either some skill positions or some offensive linemen very early on in your draft, or you will not be going anywhere this season. Yeah, that's true. I mean, this will be Nick Foles' first. Uh, Foles, Nick Foles has not started 16 games in his entire career. The most he started in a career was his 2015 campaign in St. Louis where he started at 11. And that year he went 4-7. and seven. The most wins he had in the season was in 2013 in Philly where he went 8-2. and two. These are all excluding postseason stats, by the way. Okay. Okay. It's scary, it's scary to me if I'm a Jaguars, you know, we're – we're trading, I forget what they traded for him, but it wasn't, I forget how much it was, but, like, we're trading for a quarterback who hasn't played 16 games in a season yet, and he's been in the league since 2012. That's alarming to me. Um, you know, the guy has a total of, how many touchdowns does he have at this point? He has only 68 touchdowns. Since 2012, and mm. really the the only year he had more than 20 touchdowns was 2013. In the Super Bowl run, he only threw for five touchdowns. Uh, in the wow. regular season, at least in the regular season, the postseason he had six. So that's 11 touchdowns in his third best year. I'm sorry, Jacksonville, but I think you, I mean, God, it's just hard for me to see this working out for the Jaguars the more I look into it. I mean, this guy couldn't use to the same college. I'm not blaming the guy for transferring, but it's just a path, a pattern I'm noticing. Guy transferred from Michigan State, went to Arizona, got picked by the Eagles, lasted a couple of years there, went to St. Louis, then went to Kansas City, then came back to Philly. Nick, Pick a place to hang up the cleats, man. And for the love of humanity, please, in week one, do not have the Jaguars pull out some Duval special, which is basically just a Philly special with a new name. Because I swear, everybody <laughs> and their grandmother has done a version of it at this point. We saw it in the AAF with the Orlando Apollos, for Pete's sake. I mean, guys, this is like what the Wildcat offense was in 2008 with uh, Ronnie Brown in, in the backfield. I mean, jeez. We all need to run the same play because I can guarantee you someone is going to figure out, hey, this is how you stop that play, and no one's going to use it anymore. If anybody knows how to do that, please, please make it publicly available because I'm sick and tired of seeing it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's true. Also, I think the Jaguars' time to strike has passed. Last year, really two years ago, was the time. 
Andrew Luck is no longer being demolished behind a pitiful offensive line. The offensive line isn't amazing by any means, but it's not complete junk. Uh, Houston is a great team. I don't see Jacksonville even grabbing a wild card spot this year. They'll probably be in the... After you. Houston got a terrible offensive line, though. Well, that's the thing. Terrible. Fixing that is a long-term thing. Fixing an offensive line? That's a long-term project. Yeah. This quarterback is 30 years old. Yeah, it's a terrible offensive line. I mean, like I said, he got sacked about 40-something times. Something like that. That's a little too much for a speedster, a speedster quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I'm happy for the people of Jacksonville because amidst all the rumors of the team going to London, you know, they need to have a good year there. Or, honestly, Shot Khan, who owns a um, soccer club in England, could move the team to Wembley Stadium. I still haven't ruled that out of the picture in in my heart of hearts. I don't think it's going to happen realistically, but... I mean, listen, if a man will pick up his gear, put him in Mayflower trucks, drive from Baltimore to Indianapolis, I, I think Shahid Khan moving the team isn't out of the question yet. <laughs> but that's just me. Yeah. yeah. Uh... You know, it's just going to be, it's just going to be interesting to see what happens. Okay. And now we go over to the part that hits home to me. It's time to go into Yinzer mode. We're going to be talking about two of the biggest divas in the NFL, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Who do you want to start with? Let's go to Antonio Brown. All right. So Antonio Brown goes to Oakland. Now, now the thing that not everybody realizes is there's going to be a rule put in place because of this man and due to his shenanigans. Because Pittsburgh was in the process of trading to the Buffalo Bills straight up for the 10th overall pick in the draft. And Antonio's like, no, I'm not going to play for the um, Bill. You know, it's just not going to happen. He sabotaged a trade to get the Steelers a top 10 pick. And that really hurts the game. You saw this with John Elway when he got drafted. You saw this with Eli Manning when he got drafted. Players should not be able to hold out and say, I won't play for a team while trade negotiations are being done. I don't care what you say after the trade negotiations are done, but it screws up the whole process. And this is the most high-profile case I've ever heard of that in my lifetime. And if you realize what I'm saying, you're realizing, wow, I'm pretty young. I don't remember the Eli Manning draft. I was four years old. I wasn't born when the whole John Elway incident went down. You know, it's just bad. And, you know... um, it's it's a bad look for the league. It makes it look like a circus. However, 
I think John Gruden can straighten Antonio out. I truly do. Everybody has been giving John Gruden a hard time since he started cleaning house last year. And I kind of had a little bit of faith in him when this started happening because John Gruden is a Super Bowl winning head coach. No one can take that from him. And John Gruden will discipline, discipline his players. He does not take this, you know, this drama. He will, like, set Antonio Brown straight to the best of his abilities, and I think that's a good ability that John Gruden has. Um, it For me, I, I don't see the Raiders going to the playoffs necessarily because um, the AFC is stacked, unless they win the division, and that division is never, never predictable. But I don't know. It's just going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I, I don't know how AB is going to mesh with Derek Carr. Um, you know, it, it, it just a lot of questions about how that's going to work. But in all honesty, um, I just, this is either going to make John Gruden's tenure or break John Gruden's tenure. And I think he knows that. Yeah, I don't think he's going to mess with John Gruden. John Gruden, I mean, don't get wrong with that mean face. Oh, my God. I mean, you know, build, build the Raiders to be back in the Raiders, and then they playing in the, the Coliseum again, you know, for two years. One more and, year. Yeah, one or two more years. Yeah, it's two years. And, you know, the Raiders fans, is, they, they, they're not going to go for A.B., you know, craziness and devilism. So, they're not going to go for that. So he he's going to ship up. Ship up. That's why he's trying to make friends with the Raiders um, coaches and players, you know. So all that diva stuff, uh-uh. They're not going to play for it in Raider Nation. Not at all. I mean, the Raider fans, if they don't like what they're seeing, they are known to voice their opinions in the black hole. Um, which, for those who don't know, is the major cheering section in the stadium um, where they play right now. But, gosh, I, I just can't believe some of the stuff Antonio Brown has pulled. The Steelers will not. The Steelers have really gotten hurt by this. I mean, I've said it before, and I will say it again. Antonio Brown is the greatest receiver to ever play the game. I know it's a bold claim, but that's... That's my take on it. And, you know, who else is going to be there to help draw coverage away from him in Oakland? They don't have Jordan Nelson anymore. They got rid of Amari Cooper. So, I mean, the drafting has to be good by Oakland here. Otherwise, it's all for naught, and they're going to look like idiots. And Pittsburgh lost the trade, in a sense, because they only got a third and a fifth. Third and a fifth round draft pick for Antonio Brown. I mean, the Steelers were lucky to get any offer due to his diva actions, but still, that's bad. Mm-hmm. I also just want to point out, prior, like, in the middle of the season, I stopped wearing my AB jersey and started wearing my Juju jersey. Um, hopefully, AB didn't take that too personally. 
Hey, that's yeah. like Juju the man. Juju the man now in Pittsburgh. There's going to be a lot of pressure on him. You know, the Steelers need to make something happen in the draft um, because they aren't doing a ton in free agency. I mean, they went out and got Dante Moncrief, which wasn't a bad move by any means, but it's not like, oh, boy, here comes AB's replacement, or here comes the guy who's going to take Juju's spot and Juju goes to number one. I don't see Dante Moncrief as a number two receiver right out of the gate for Pittsburgh. He might need to run some schemes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's going to be weird. Um, this season is going to shape up to be really insane, and you hinted at this earlier about the man in green. We're going to talk about Le'Veon Bell. First of all, Le'Veon has failed at one thing so far, and that is rapping. Uh, <laughs> during his one year, he has tried his rapping career didn't really do much. He's been hanging in Miami in some, well, let's just say, very NSFW places. Um, spending lots of money. And the funny thing about him sitting out a year and then, you know, not... And, and then the contract he signs from the Jets gets him less money than he would have gotten had he signed on in Pittsburgh. And I get it. It's, it's your final year of your contract. You want your body in the best shape you can be in, you know to be a free agent, and I get that. However, I mean, come on, man. You, Ben Brown, you guys, had you guys all been on the field simultaneously, you guys could have easily made a deeper playoff run. And no way am I dissing James Conner's abilities here, but, I mean, you know, Le'Veon is Le'Veon. Um... But you know what's kind of ironic to me? Le'Veon really acts impulsively, yet all the announcers talk about is, look at the patience there by Le'Veon Bell. Mm-hmm. So, the Jets, I don't know what's up with the Jets. I never do. And I live in Connecticut, so I hear all about them, don't you worry. But, ugh, the... The Jets are, the Jets, how do I put this? To quote um, someone who's going to be coming on next week, and I'm going to reveal it is later, this is a hint, the Jets are a butt fumble of an organization. That is how I can define the New York Jets. I mean, the last time you guys were really big was 1969. That was the year my father was born. Your best quarterback since then was probably Chad Pennington. Your best wide receiver since then was Altoona Wayne Corbett. Your best running back since then was Curtis Martin. All good players in their own right, but they were not on the field simultaneously. I mean, geez. I mean, Jets fans, let me say this to you right now. Do not expect a Super Bowl run this year. I know that's what you've been expecting every year since 1969, but it's not going to be this year. Set a lower bar, maybe. You know, maybe shoot for the playoffs, which is still dreaming, but, you know, I'm not going to stop you guys from doing that because freedom of speech. Just the Jets. It, it, it's hard for me to talk about them seriously. 
I mean, please, like, help me help explain to me how you think the Jets can do well, or am I right that they have very little hope? Yeah, I mean, the Jets, I mean, it looked like they struck gold. I mean, you know, um, Rob Ryan, not Rob Ryan, his brother said that, uh, yesterday on uh, ESPN that they should be um, Super Bowl bound with all the players they signed. They should uh, take over the, the, the AFC East, you know, beat the Patriots oh, twice. Oh, no. You know. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's that's Did what he, he said. Really, I mean, it's Rex Ryan. The guy has a tattoo of Mark Sanchez on his arm. The guy doesn't think before he does things. <laughs> but that's what he said. They should beat up everybody, beat Kansas City for the championship. And then he said they will uh, play the Chicago Bears in the Super Bowl. I say, what the what the hell? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, listen, Rex, he gets two championship games. I mean, Rex represents something very New York, and that is the mouth that says what they think without any filter. <laughs> that's really more New York City, not upstate New York, and that's not a bad thing. Sometimes hearing the truth is good. I just think it's funny because, I don't know. I want to think the Jets, I can't think of that much positive. Like, like listen, if you're a Jets fan and listening to this, please send me some more highlights for me to look at because right now I see Super Bowl 3 I see Jumbo Elliott catching a pass I see you guys making it to two AFC championship games and that's about where all the fun stops for me that's four things you've had a team since 1960 we can add a little more to that highlight reel Yeah, I mean, but you know, he can be always be. He can always be something, you know. Yeah, Rex is, Rex, and, Rex is the man, though. And I just want to list off some Jets quarterbacks, um, because everyone keeps on saying this guy's going to be the quarterback. All right, since the turn of the millennium, these have been your quarterbacks: Ray Lucas, Rick Meyer, Vinny Testaverde, Chad Pennington, Quincy Carter. Brooks Bollinger, um, Kellen Clemens, Brett Favre, Mr. Buttsumble Mark Sanchez, Greg McElroy, Geno Smith, Michael Vick, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Bryce Petty, Josh McCown, and Sam Darnold. I don't mm-hmm. see any of those guys, with the exception of Favre, making it to Canton, and that was Favre's last year, so does that really even count? Honestly. No, it was second to last year, pardon me. Second to last year for Favre. Mm. I mean, but I have reason to doubt the Jets' selection at quarterbacks. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, they had a selection. I mean, us Redskins had a selection, too, so, you know, we can't really talk. (laughs) The Steelers are running out of time to talk as well because um, Ben's going to retire soon. I don't know how soon soon it is, but it, it, let's put it this way. I'm not going to be here doing the radio show in seven years and saying, now Ben's getting ready to come back for another season. No. We probably have four years maximum, and that's stretching it like some silly putty. 
I mean, prior to getting bent, our last really good quarterback was Bradshaw. If you are, if you are a fan of a team and you have a good quarterback now, treasure that quarterback. I don't mind you talking trash about them because, you know, sometimes they really do deserve it. But for Pete's sake, be thankful you have them because when they are gone, it is going to hurt. Ask Browns fans. Ask Jets fans. Ask Patriots fans pre-Drew Bledsoe. I mean, there was a time where they were one of the worst teams in the NFL. If you're a Saints fan, talk to them pre-Breeze. A good quarterback is hard to find. So, I mean, mm. what do you think the Jets can do to have a stronger chance of making the playoffs by winning the AFC East? Because that's the only way they're going to get in the playoffs this year. There's no way they're grabbing a wild card spot. It's too contested in the AFC. So how do you yeah. pass the Patriots besides hurting Tom Brady? That's the only way they're going to get there if Tom Brady hurt himself or get hurt or something. And then you still got to worry about Buffalo. My Miami don't have a stand of a chance with the quarterback system. Well, they don't even got a quarterback now. The rumor saying that Kaepernick might go there. I'm like, no, I think it's pretty clear that Colin Kaepernick, I mean, Kaepernick hasn't taken a snap in a good minute. The mm-hmm. era of, well, Kaepernick can be a player as a starting position. Guys, if Kaepernick had joined one of these other leagues with the AAS and like, kept his work ethic up, you know, and documented that, I'd be like, okay, yeah, he's going to Kaepernick, he can step up. No. Clearly Miami's gunning for somebody in the draft. We don't know who it is. There's rumors, uh, I mean, Tannehill got traded to Tennessee, which is odd because he had Mariota. So I don't know what that means in, you know, in, in Tennessee, but then again, I can't spell the name of the state correctly without looking at a map. So what do I know about the inner workings of it? Yeah, because I think Miami's going to draft um, Drew Locke from um, from Missouri. So, but why, you know, but why would... not? But why? Yeah, that's all well and good. But why not keep Tannehill to try to mentor the kid, or do you just have that little faith in Tannehill? I mean, that's what that tells me that you have no faith in Tannehill to even try to teach a guy something. Exactly. That's why they all. <laughs> they, that's why they always be at. Look, they mind they dolphins, so they're always gonna be at the bottom of the lake. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, the last time the dolphins, I think, made the playoffs was two thousand eight. You know what else happened that year? Tom Brady got hurt. You know what else happened that year? Brett Favre. You know who led them to that record and I think made the playoffs? I'm Chad Pennington. Oh yeah, that was a that was the the revenge game. I never forget that. It wasn't, and they had, yeah, it wasn't the yep. most it wasn't the most recent time, but it was like one more iconic times they made the playoffs post two thousand. All right, Steve, mm-hmm. I got a little um, extra promotions to do for the show today, so we're gonna uh, end the calling segment early. So, do you have any extra comments you want to put in? Oh, well, yeah, I mean, the, as far as the Redskins, you know, I can, got to talk about my skins, you know, with the with the Collins signing and, and, and then my man, uh, C.R. 
I, I see, well, uh, 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 Dominique Cromati, you know, uh, great pickup yesterday. A true veteran that came out of retirement to sign with the skin. So we got two former giants. We got, um, you know, and, and then uh, we got to see about this Josh Norman thing. I mean, he, we, we are guaranteed to pay this man $14.2 million, but there's um, Stephen, Stephon Diggs, you know, from the Vikings, that we can actually pick him up. And get rid of my man, Josh Norman. You know, got to get rid of him. But, I mean, we we on the, um, you know, we should pick up a nice receiver. You know, either him or, you know, get somebody. But uh, if we pick up Sean Diggs, Merry Christmas to you, Josh Norman. So toss him aside, you know. Um, the, these are good picks. And then another thing people uh, wanted to know is, um, Landon Collins gonna get uh, the great Sean Teller number number twenty one. A, a lot of people are wondering what we're gonna do, you know. So um, we just wanted to know what are we gonna do with that, you know. Um, you know, Mark just retire Madness. the number. No, we had no. See, here's the thing: we haven't retired his number. That's the thing. The the red okay. He want to go to his family and want to know do he can he play with that number. Um, oh, okay. So it looks like an honor system. Exactly. So it's like um, the owner Dan Snyder gave him a signed frame autograph, um, his jersey number to him. You know, and that was an honor. You know, Dan's not a, always been a great owner and stuff, so he's going to ask the family of Sean Teller, can he wear it? Um, I don't know that situation. I don't know what's going to go on. I mean, but we we have a young man who's wanted to play for the Redskins from the start, but he went to the Giants, um, and now he's with us. I mean, if you want, it was a video that came out, and this man, I mean, it brought me to tears. It brought Mr. Kirby to tears. It brought a lot of Redskins to tears that they saying, well, maybe he should deserve to wear this number. So, but but another subject is March Madness is Sunday. That's when every team will find out who they play. You're in the tournament. That is a, a great. I mean, I watched it since it's from the beginning. You know, um, yeah. Me, uh, my number we're one out team. Of time. Okay. What's okay. Your, what's your um, number one team? I want to hear your number one team, and then I'll have to unfortunately kick you for the show because we got a little bit of promotion to do. Okay, my number one team is going to be Duke because my man Zeke Williams. Zion Williams is going to be my man. Number one team is Duke. Thank you so very much. Go on, RJ. Nice to talk to you as always, every Saturday. Thank you so much for coming on, Steve. It really means a lot when you call into my show. You're the most consistent caller I have, and I, I can't really explain to you how much this means to me. What also I cannot explain, I've, I've been waiting to announce this for a while now, I am having YouTuber Urinating Tree coming on the show next week. Um, Mr. Tree 
um, has cunning sports satire. Um, he is one of my favorite YouTubers. He's got over 200,000 subscribers. Um, he he started a, a weekly segment called Days of Our Steelers because that's how dramatic the season got. Um, you know, I'm like Ginsburg looking forward to his programming more than the Steelers games because that's how bad the team's going to be next year. But I have the honor and privilege of having Mr. Urinating Tree come on the show. Uh, I hope you guys will tune in. We're going to pick the ultimate Tank Bowl team. Um, Tank Bowl is a segment he has on his weekly sports ball uh, episodes on YouTube. And a Tank Bowl is when two teams are vying to lose a game because they want better draft picks. So Urinating Tree and I would picking some of the worst players in the NFL to be on one team that we think could tank heavily and maybe go winless. So if you got any ideas for who I should have on my tankable team, please email me at sport at gmail.com. Ciancio is spelled C-I-A-N-C-I-O. And the whole name is Sports, one word. Also, if you got any other ideas for future topics, e, um, please message me on Instagram under the handle Ciancio underscore Speaks underscore sports. Thank you for tuning in. This has been Seattle to Speak Sports. Have a good night.